2: Happy uh, Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Wednesday, February. What is today? February 28th. That's right. 2024. This is On The Line. The show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Alongside me in the studio. Back again on a Wednesday afternoon. It is Uncle T-Bone. Welcome in, man. Great to have you back. My co-host on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Lots to get to. Happy Wednesday. Hope you're staying all right out there in the uh, tornado-like weather we've got with the wind. Blowing all over the place.
3: Yeah, be careful out there. Looks like some wind is coming through. A little wind advisor. Might have a little rain later. Good to be back, Jacob, inside the studios here at 106.7 ESPN, Auburn, Opalika. Give us a ring at 334 321 1390. You are on the line. The Show that tells it like it is.
2: And holds nothing back. And we fully plan on doing that once again today because we have so much to get to. Uh, we've got basketball from last night to talk about, baseball from last night to talk about, and then what might possibly be the biggest game of the year in the SEC is taking place tonight in Knoxville, inside of Thompson Bowling Arena, as Auburn and Bruce Pearl traveled to Knoxville to take on Rick Barnes in Tennessee. And man, we are going to get into all of the uh, the the aspects of this game. What's up for grabs in this game? Who's playing? Who's not? What has to happen? And we want to hear your thoughts on this all show long. 13-90. Huge game tonight in Knoxville, Uncle T-Bone. And, and again, I really do think it's the biggest game of the year. Many people say the SEC regular season title is on the line tonight.
3: Well, if you look at Auburn's remaining schedule, they take care of business tonight at Tennessee. It's very manageable against, uh, I believe, Mississippi State, who's playing some really good basketball. And Jacob, what a game that was last night that they had Uh, Against Kentucky, but they'll be at home. That will be March second. Then at Missouri, and they host Georgia again, who they just who they just drubbed. So Auburn takes care of business tonight. They are sitting in the catbird seat to make a run at the regular season title in the SEC.
2: I'm with you. I'm with you. And and like you were saying, given Auburn's remaining schedule compared to everybody else, I mean, they. I don't want to say they lucked out, but. They kind of did.
3: It's so much more manageable. I mean, look at Tennessee. They go down tonight. They travel to Alabama game day will be in Tuscaloosa this Saturday, so that'll be a wild environment. Then they go to South Carolina, who's also right at the top of the SEC, and then they host Red Hot Kentucky. So, yeah, I'd say Auburn got the uh, better draw there to end the season than Tennessee did.
2: Let's get to the phone lines already here early here we in go. hour number one, 334-321-1390. 3, 3, 3, 1, Andy, you're on the line with Jacob and Uncle Tebow, man. How are you? Hey, where
4: are you going?
2: How are you guys? Doing all right, man. <coughs> all
4: right. Let me, uh, let me butter this up before I – i get to the toast um y'all are my favorite show okay i look forward to uh two o'clock and especially on monday wednesday and friday when you guys are are a duo that's right um uncle t-bone brings a little spice to it and uh, spice is
2: a good word for it i think
4: with that being said uncle t-bone yes sir you, you know you know i like you and we have a mutual respect but uh don't let this hurt your feelings but um You've been, you've been wrong. You've been on yeah. the wrong side of the Auburn basketball a lot, which is fine because you've gone with common sense. <laughs> and I've been with you with most of them, even back when we played Arkansas. You know? Oh, my
3: gosh, yeah. To start out the SEC, yeah, yeah. I was uh, terrified of that game, Andy. But,
4: but um,
5: you know, what,
4: I, I called in the other day and I said, the one thing we can count on about Auburn basketball is they do what we expect them not to do. When we expect them, you know, they got it all figured out, then they, then they drop it, you know. And then when we're like, man, maybe they're not good, then they do something that they're the best team in the world. So that's not your fault,
1: but you've been on the wrong side of it.
4: And I started taking advantage of that. So whatever. <laughs> fade
3: <laughs> Uncle T. <when> I, <laughs> hey, the best thing you can ever do if you're going to participate in, uh, for entertainment purposes only, obviously, is fade a fan. Because fans right, are right. blind,
6: fact. So good uh, job. I agree, but I agree, but um, again,
4: you've been going. I was with you in the beginning, and now I'm just scratching my head, like I'm just going to do whatever I whatever I think. I'm going to do the opposite, and, and sad enough, that probably goes what you're saying. <laughs> well, I love uh, secondly, it. Secondly, went went to the baseball game last night, had oh, nice. a blast. Um, you know, they're crushing the ball, pitching good. Yeah. Now. I've learned something about Auburn is, you know, the minute I brag about something, it changes. I was talking about how last year when we were in the playoffs, the quick, quick playoffs, um, they had that, they had gravel and tables out in the back out there where everyone was partying and hanging out and having good times. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm proud of Auburn doing that. That's really cool. And it's not a money grab. And yesterday um, I went back there and I guess they have a little bleacher system or, or, um, balcony, and you just have to be a college. You have to be a college student to get in there, and it fits about 50 people. Real cool, but wondering why they did that. Um, you know, it's for the college, so I'm all about it. But um, just thought that was weird, and it was
7: funny that I was bragging
4: about it about six months ago, and now they took it away. So yeah. if you know anything about that, make me smart on that. But um, you know, I-, I love the free seats, the parking deck. Those are usually the funniest people, and um, that's half the reason I go. But now Auburn's good, and
2: you know <laughs> everybody wants a part of it now Andy
7: right right, All right we're going. Hey, Andy,
2: before you go real quick uh
3: yeah,
7: yeah, yeah.
2: looking looking over the
3: line Tigers number 703 in the official Nevada rotation lined opened at four minus four Tennessee now minus six and a half over under 151
4: and a half what are your thoughts
7: well I expect for you to say
4: Tennessee so I'm gonna go with Auburn but <laughs> I, I would think I would think it's a lower scoring game um but again, now if I think that I got to do the opposite of that, and let's get, I have to write that stuff on paper. So that's Understood. right. Andy um, can't
2: give his picks until Uncle T Bone <laughs> gives his. He, he's got the right. phone open, ready to go. Man, he's I waiting like on it. you.
4: Exactly.
2: You got it. You got to
4: figure it out. That's, that's
2: right. right. Thanks Andy so much man. We appreciate the call. Appreciate the kind words as well. Oh, yeah. and, and look, we we say this all the time. there's two things with us, man. Nobody's working harder than we are. And nobody's having more fun than we are. And, and we night. appreciate you all being with us each and every day 2 to 4 here on ESP at 1067. On the baseball side of things quickly. I have not been to Plainsman Park yet this year. Okay. Uh, just haven't haven't been able to get over there in the very early part of the year. But what Andy's talking about is part of those renovations and the changes that Auburn is making uh, to to Plainsman Park. We know that they are going to be putting seats on top of the Big Green Monster. They've already got the lower seats back behind home plate. They are going to be making uh, some major upgrades and advancements on the... First baseline concourse. Um, lots of things going on over there. I know exactly what you're talking about off that third baseline. Uh, they had like the stair lifted almost with all the gravel tables. That's where we were last year uh, during the regional. And, yeah, it is a lot of fun, and and they've made a couple of changes there. But, you know, it's part of the process, I think. And And, yeah, now that Auburn baseball is really catching on with a lot of the Auburn fans and Auburn people that maybe didn't, follow auburn baseball as much um there's a lot more people going to the games and that's why they're making all these upgrades and these changes um but look baseball games are a lot of fun man and and look i know baseball's not for everybody uncle t-bone but plainsman park has one of the best atmospheres in college baseball when it's get when it gets up and gets rocking
3: you know baseball is the type of sport that once you get to the ballpark even if you're not a big baseball fan you enjoy the experience most of the time and Auburn has done everything that it can do to upgrade the experience and will continue to do so because, A, college baseball has definitely grown in popularity over the years. For sure. And, B, Butch Thompson has made Auburn baseball or helped build on the foundation of a successful Auburn baseball program, and he's really made it uh, even more of a nationally relevant winner and people want to go see winners and so he's a great coach and a good dude Plainsman Park desperately needed to be upgraded like when it came when it was built back in the early 90s mid 90s it was one of the best ballparks in the country I've said this about Jordan Hare Stadium when they opened up the second deck in 1987 and Texas came to town with Eric Metcalf and Auburn dominated them uh, in a night game to open the season, that Jordan-Hare Stadium at that time was one of the better stadiums, if not the best in the country at the time, and it needs desperate upgrades, which is happening as well. So uh, I can't wait. I think I'm going to try and go next week. I definitely want to see Air Force come into town. That'll be a wonderful midweek game to go see, a two-game set the Tuesday Falcons. and Wednesday. i tell you one thing. I'd like to sit up there on top of the green,
2: uh, the green monster and left – but man you talking about needing some sunscreen. I'm telling you what, you you all you're going to be all up in it when you are sitting on top of the big green monster out in left field. Let's get to the phone lines again. 334-321-1390 Shane, you're on the line man. How are you?
4: Hey guys, how are you? I'm good.
2: Doing good, man. It's been a hey, minute since we've heard from you.
6: It has. Hey team they're not they don't have that green monster open yet. That's that's for uh, next year, I believe. Um, okay, cool.
3: All
2: right.
6: But... Yeah, but um, I've already been. Uh, I went. Oh, uh, well, I went to the first series. Uh, courtesy of you guys, I believe.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You want some tickets from us? Yeah,
6: yeah. I think that's where. It is. And um, the, uh, the 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 area down there on the third base, you know, past the outfield, uh, where the guy was talking about, um, they, they 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 upgraded it for the students, and it didn't diminish anything for it. I think they just elevated it so you could so they could see. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, above that fence, so they have a better, better kind of like you know, a little, little better viewing area. Right, so they can still grill and do all the other stuff that they were doing, and and I think they're just trying to, you know, they they noticed that a large crowd was back there. They're trying to, you know, right. make it make it a uh, uh, hospitable for as many fans, even if they can't afford it. Uh, to, to throw some voices at the opponent as yeah,
3: well. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Shane. I think that uh, if Andy had a complaint, it's not the uh, renovations that they did is that he possibly couldn't get access to it. And it sounded like to me, like Uncle T oh. also wants to get back there and do a little mingling and partying oh, with the you. college kids <laughs> during a baseball <laughs> I game, you, right? I
7: got,
6: it. I got you. So before he was saying it was before it was general public and now it's just college Right, general. right, yeah. right, right. I got you yeah yeah because like i I said
2: that's where we sat last year that's where i was during the uh during the regionals last year yeah
6: okay cool well i I thought it was always uh uh just just college students back there but um
7: hey there's still the there's some career
2: college students back there (laughs)
7: yeah
6: yeah,
3: and
2: i like the college uh, students that are out in in behind the fence in the in the outfield that are pulling up with lawn chairs and coolers all day that's my favorite part
6: I, hey, I, I really can't wait for the, the green wall thing. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna have to do that. Take my my daughter out there when once it, you know, if next year is when they'll be finished mm-hmm. with it. Hopefully they'll 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 they'll. they'll
7: How high
3: up are those seats? In
6: there. How the you talking about the, on the monster?
3: Yeah.
6: yeah. I think that's just standing room only. So you'll just be standing up there. Yeah, I think
2: that's I think they're going to make it almost like a like a concourse type of area where it's going to be like almost like a patio where you can walk around, hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I will say the big green monster in in Fenway Park in Boston, because I've been there. I went there a few years ago. They do have seats and like a table along the wall for you to set your food and drinks. And those are actual seats and stuff there.
6: That would, that'd be nice uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to sit out there, but it'd be hard to get those. You know, I I, I wish maybe like a, you know you could put your hat in if you get a ticket to the game. You know, you
7: put, yeah. But
6: uh, you know, every every you know ten people, you know, getting can 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 get out there if you know if they wanted to. You know, not everyone's yeah. gonna to want to do that, but but um. Yeah, I can't wait uh, for for next next year. The stadium's going to look amazing.
2: Yeah, um, and then but, in the next three or four years, when they finish in six years, when they finish all of these renovations, and it becomes yeah. the new Plainsman Park, it's it's going to become once again one of the nicest ballparks in the country.
6: Yeah, I, I I've been watching as much as I can. Uh, the this Jacksonville series wasn't on on uh, TV, it was right? D one like or whatever, but um, we, we we held our own against against uh, the, you know highly ranked uh Iowa and 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 then um what was it Virginia Yeah uh, yeah Tigers
2: Virginia was the last care, game yeah, yeah
3: Tigers take care of business Friday against one of the top 10 Yeah uh, possible top ten draftees in next year's draft. The pitcher from Iowa uh, take care of business against a historical program like Wichita State, and blow them out of the park, and then hung yeah. tight against number uh, ten, number ten Virginia. Uh, those type That's games awesome. are the ones that you know get you SEC ready. And Auburn's SEC schedule is as tough as anybody's because the league is brutal.
6: Yeah, exactly. And we open up against Vandy. I'm excited about that. Is that home? That's a home game.
2: I I believe it is. I'll have to double check. I actually can't remember off the top of my head.
6: Okay. Anyway, guys, I just want to call it in up. Yeah, a little
2: bit. Yeah, yeah, appreciate the call, man. Thanks awesome. so much, Shane. Great to hear from you as well. Like I said, been too long from him. 334-321-1390. And you know, and, and I talked with daryl Dapperts yesterday about the game last night that was going to be taking place. Those are the important games as well. Those midweek mm-hmm. games against the smaller teams in state where they throw everything they've got at you because they sure. want to come and beat Auburn. And a team like Auburn normally doesn't pitch their best, and and you got to get those midweek games, and Auburn did exactly. That last night, and you don't get any love for winning those games, but you get all the hate if you lose them. And Auburn did what they needed to do last night against Sanford, yeah. twelve to three yeah. at home.
3: Heard a, a good bit of that conversation, and y'all sounded great yesterday. It's always a pleasure to talk to Double D, Darrell Dapridge. That's right, he's awesome. And uh, and I heard what he said, and and I heard what Butch Thompson said after the game last night that Connor McBride basically had the right stuff and was in total control of that game, and it was never in doubt. the Tigers bats also were red hot last Uh night which you love to see in those midweek games you know and uh, it looks like to me that this this Tiger team is uh, probably a lot like this basketball team I think that they just really enjoy playing with one another and uh, you know a few bounces go the right way and they can go as far as anybody else
2: and I said this yesterday in midweek games like that I think you have to rely more on your bats than you do your pitching. Your pitching has got to get you through. You've got to survive, but your bats have to win you the game in those because you have to overcome a good starting pitcher and then you got to rock their bullpen. And Auburn did all of that last night against Sanford and Shane just want to update you and everybody that opening series in the SEC against Vanderbilt is actually on the road in Nashville so keep that in mind Auburn opens up the season while Vanderbilt's not everything right now they've slipped up a couple of times it's still Vanderbilt on the road in Nashville
3: well outside of the Music City Bowl we own Nashville as Auburn fans, right?
2: Hey, that's Auburn of the North is what they say. So. Really
3: quick update. I know we got to take a break. 37 feet, the green monster at Plainsman Park. So you'll be sitting up there almost 40 feet next year. Can't you just picture it, uh, A cold snack, a Koneka dog, and Auburn baseball sitting 40 feet up with the sun blaring down on you i can't wait for
2: it i can't wait man we'll have some more of that and it'll get better and better as we go 334-321-1390 we'll continue talking auburn athletics basketball college basketball and hey jordan hill of dogs 247 will be with us later on today in hour number one we'll get caught back up with him hopefully he survived that honeymoon there uncle t-bone sounds like he has we'll talk to him coming up in just a little bit all that here on the wednesday edition of on the
1: line are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com, or on the ESPN 106.7 app.
2: Well, let's get back to the phone lines. We're either doing something right or doing something wrong, Uncle T-Bone. We've been, we've been lighting <laughs> well, it up Andy so Well, Andy said, far. I've
3: been doing too much wrong with my picks. Well, I knew well, someone well. was going to call in. Because my picks, admittedly, have been pretty brutal. Well, look, we Lately, tell it like it, it is, is against, and against our listeners have
2: to as well. Well, I
3: keep jumping. You know, I keep missing. I was like, well, we'll probably skate by South Carolina. <laughs> we blew them out. Well, we're going to dominate Kentucky. We didn't show up. So... I may not pick. Well, I'll just keep firing Auburn scores. Go fade, Uncle T. (laughs) My other picks have been okay. Somebody told you all about St. John's the other day. You did. You did call that. But, you know, look, you win some, you lose. Some days we mash the grapes, Jacob. And some days we drink the wine.
2: I like it. We do that. We'll do a little bit of both. There's no doubt about that. Hey, before we get to John, did you see our Dayton Flyers last night and get another win Took in college Davidson. basketball? Yes, they did. Got themselves a win. 80-66 Flyers back in the driver's seat. 22-5. and five. Just want everybody to know that. Solid team. 3, 3, 3 1, 90 John, you're on the line with Jacob and Uncle Tebow. Man, happy Wednesday. Hey, happy Wednesday.
8: Uncle Tebow, you and I both started, we talked about it, talked about baiting Ole Miss about three
3: weeks ago. That was the right move. So, yeah, I, I, I've been I, way against the the uh, the Rebel Bears for a while now. I just don't think they're very good. And especially after I saw Mississippi State last night, and that's a good team. Ole Miss isn't even close to Mississippi State. and I don't think they should be last four in. They should be out. Big Agreed. opportunity tonight, though. Yeah, Exactly. Well, hey,
8: I want to talk about the, the big game tonight. But Let's do it. Before I do that, I'm confused on something. Jacob, maybe, or Uncle T-Bone, maybe, maybe you as well. What's the deal with Baker, Mazzara, and eligibility? Do we have him for another year?
2: Yes, yes. So, yeah, so Chad Baker would have another year of, of eligibility if he decided to come back for, for Auburn. You know, you, look, you pull him up. He's a junior for Auburn. Um, he transferred um, from Northwest Florida State and uh, does have another year of eligibility if he did decide to come back.
8: Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, The other thing I was thinking about, and and I'll get to this game, I'm really wondering what the point guard situation is going to look like next year, if we can get both Trey and Aiden back next year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you got to think you've got, yeah, if you bring Trey and Aiden back next year, uh, you've got Pettiford coming mm-hmm. in who, I mean, he he's going to be co- competing to be a day one starter. And, you know, there are some people, John, that are beginning to, and I don't want to put it out there in the world, but I guess I will. There are some people that are worried about the possibility of losing a guy like Trey Donaldson to the portal, because if Pettiford comes in and Aiden stays like I think he should, that's a lot of skill. That's a lot of talent at the point guard spot and there's only so many minutes to go around
8: i'll say and and i don't don't think trey's it too i'm sorry uncle t-bone no man uh uh uh, go ahead yeah no and and i was just gonna say for tonight i'll give you one person tonight that i keep saying i keep hearing as jalen williams goes auburn goes i'll give you somebody else that when this guy puts together a good half of basketball auburn is elite and that's denver jones hmm If we can get 10, 12 points from Denver Jones tonight, I love our chances.
2: How many points? 10 or 12 okay and I'm with you on that I really am I think if Denver yeah I think if you're getting Denver in double digit points a couple of assists two or three assists and not turning the ball over and 10 or 12 you know out of those double digit points John I think a few of those need to be three-pointers if you get that then yeah that's just that's extra scoring extra buckets that Auburn's going to need down the stretch against a really good Tennessee team I like that pick
8: I think if Auburn gets to the seventy they win. Do y'all have a, a point Ooh. in mind that Auburn has to get I to I think they
3: gotta get a little higher than that. Yeah, with the over under being one fifty one and a half. I think they're gonna have to I think they're gonna have to kiss eighty and maybe get a little above it. Tennessee can score. Well, 50 now. Fifty would've won last year.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right about that. But I think Tennessee, believe it or not, I think they're better offensively now than they have been historically under Rick Barnes, and Dalton Connect is a huge reason yeah. for that. Um, and, yeah. look, Auburn's got to find a way to slow him down. You're not going to stop him, but you've got to slow him down. I'll say, I'll say this, John. I'll say first team to 75 wins the ballgame tonight.
8: Fair enough. And one thing, I like playing Tennessee later in the season. Rick Barnes seems to fade everywhere he's been. I know he's a Hall of Fame coach. But what has the guy done late in
2: the season? Not he's he's pretty good at losing, I'll tell you that.
3: Yeah, and I'll tell you another thing is that Auburn has had a lot of success under Bruce Pearl against Tennessee, and and it's not like uh, it's not like uh, Thompson Bowling's just been this uh, place where Auburn goes to die either. I've seen some good Auburn teams go up there and take care of business
8: absolutely absolutely Hey guys, enjoy it y'all have a good rest
3: of the
4: show
2: thanks so much john we appreciate you man 334-321-1390 got about a minute or so before we get to our bottom of the hour break and get jordan hill of dogs 247 in here and as we continue getting into this conversation as we will after jordan is done with us yeah i mean i'm with you i think auburn's gonna have to score some tonight you can't walk in there and expect to score like john was saying 60 like a year ago and like we've seen in the past and expect to win this game I'll say this. Last time I was in Thompson Boeing Arena and watched Auburn play, they got blasted. So, I don't know. It doesn't mean a whole lot, but Auburn has had success against Tennessee. They have, especially think, under uh, Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl in his last 10, 7-3 against the Vols.
3: I'd have somebody double check me on that, but I think he's done pretty well against Tennessee.
2: Well, he love. I mean, we know why he loves playing Tennessee.
3: Sure.
2: And the pressure
3: seems yeah. to always be more on Barnes about that than, than with Bruce it Pearl. It really does. And he, how many Tennessee yeah. fans are sitting in there just pining about the good old days when Auburn's coach used to be their coach?
2: <laughs> right? hey, Bruce Pearl always gets his teams up and ready to play for Tennessee. They may not always win, sure. but they're always ready to play. The Vols of Tennessee. And they better be ready to play tonight because that's going to be a packed out Thompson Boeing arena. That's a massive arena, one of the biggest ones in the SEC. And they're going to be ready to play tonight. I guarantee yeah. Brick Barnes will have his guys ready to go for the Tigers.
3: Yeah, he mentions Denver Jones offensively. I think defensively it's just as important for him to have a good game against Santiago Vascovi. There you go. And look to lock him down and look if they can lock him down and limit connect. I think Tigers got a good chance tonight.
2: Yeah, Vescovy and uh, Connect are two that you got to watch out for. More on that later on, but Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. We'll get back into rivalry Wednesday a little bit. Been here a while we since we've had him on. We'll talk to him about all things Georgia athletics when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line.
1: On the Line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's Sports Leader.
2: 30 minutes into our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone, and we are very excited to have our Wednesday guest back with us on the show, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, our Georgia beat writer who's with us every Wednesday except last Wednesday when he was off doing this whole adult thing, getting married, honeymoon, the whole nine yards. Jordan, great to hear from you, man. It's glad to have you back.
9: I appreciate you guys having me back. It wouldn't be right to, you know, be back in the swing of things without checking in with you guys and had a nice time off, had a lot of fun with fam- uh, family and friends. Uh- but definitely nice to be back in it and uh, plenty to
2: talk about, that's for sure. Well, man, we, we've been talking about Georgia throughout this the last couple of weeks. Of course, Auburn and Georgia have played in the last game that these two teams were a part of in the game over the weekend on Saturday. We'll get to that in just a minute. But catch everybody up outside of that game, what's been happening with this Georgia team, one that we know started hot in the non-conference schedule, kind of tripped up in the middle of SEC play, but kind of get us caught up on what's going on with Georgia and Athens.
9: Yeah, it's been a tough turn of events really in the last month for Georgia. You know, they've now lost seven of their last eight. Honestly, had a heartbreaker last night in Baton Rouge. You lose 67 66. Uh, it's close in the final minutes. LSU's last possession, LSU draws a foul. But like kind of a weak call, I thought. It looked like a clean block. Uh, LSU hit the pair of free throws, to take the lead. Georgia gets the ball back. They don't call a timeout. They try to go down and score, have a miss, get another attempt. A lot of contact on that shot, no call, which you just can't expect to get that on the road. And uh, you know, it's just been a bit of a struggle, and I think it's been a disappointing turn of events. Um, you know, the way that they've been in most of these games and and really hung around, and there's just opportunity after opportunity that's gone to the wayside, and you just can't really afford to have that playing in the SEC. We know how uh, competitive it is. We know how many teams are still truly vying for the NCAA tournament. Uh, So it's definitely not been the turn that Mike White and company wanted. Um, They're going to have to probably win three of their next four to close out the regular season and then maybe make a little bit of a run in in the SEC tournament to even make the NIT. Uh, So definitely very disappointing turn of events and uh, very curious to see how this season ends up and uh, how things are looking going into the offseason after Mike White's second season.
2: Well, I'll say this, man. I know it's been a tough stretch here as of late for this Georgia team, but they've been in so many of those games with Alabama and Kentucky and Auburn over the weekend. I mean, they've been right there against some of the best teams in the SEC. They just haven't gotten over that hump yet. But I'm sure you feel this way, and I'm sure, and I hope a lot of Georgia fans feel this way. Mike White's doing some really good things with that program right now.
9: Definitely, and and Mike has talked about this. You can tell he's frustrated. I mean, he's a guy that's not used to losing. I I know that things didn't go exactly how they wanted at Florida, but, I mean, they were still, you know, pretty competitive in the SEC, probably in that upper tier of the conference. It's not quite to what they were used to during the Billy Donovan era, but, you know, this is losing like he's not used to. Um, And when you look at what they've done this year, you know, outside of that Auburn game, why not being a 21-point game, which is still bizarre because at one point it was a three-point game with probably eight or nine minutes left. Most of these games have been within about ten points. You know, they, There's no denying they are much better than they were last season where there were several times. I mean, they, they basically got took out uh, you know, behind the bar and just beat up. And, and, you know, you expected that in year one. So there's progress, but I think there's a frustration. And, you know, there's not been a marquee win, you know, I think you'd say at South Carolina this season. Uh, especially of these games this season has been their biggest win. You had a lot of opportunities against even better teams in the SEC that you just weren't able to finish, and I think that's a real disappointment. I think that it has, uh, you know, definitely taken some of the energy out of the fans who thought that maybe they could surprise, maybe be in the NCAA tournament. Not going to happen this year, and uh, really interested to see what they do this off season and just getting ready for year three and what they're able to do as far as the talent uh, that they're going to bring into the program before next season.
3: Yeah, talking with Jordan Hill with Dogs 247. Real quick before I ask you about the uh, Auburn game that was over the weekend at home. Uh, three games left now after the heartbreaker to LSU. Not the worst draw in the world with two, but uh, Georgia will see Auburn again to end the season at Auburn. Texas A&M. Ole Miss come to town, and then UGA at Auburn. Speaking of Auburn, Jordan, you said it. That game uh, was an interesting game for sure. Auburn kind of held serve for the majority of the game, and the dogs came storming back and got within three. Bruce Pearl calls a timeout. and then after I'm sorry to that, say
2: that again. Yeah,
3: I, I, I can't <laughs> believe I am saying it, but he, he takes a timeout, which he's known not to do, and then after that, Auburn rattles off 12 of its next 16 shots to take control of the game. How did? And I'm a Mike White fan. I think he's a good dude. You could tell he was a little shell shocked after that game. How did he get the dogs back up for this roadie to LSU, who's arguably playing some pretty hot basketball right now?
9: I think the biggest thing is that that group, you know, and again, I feel like it's cliche. They just don't really give in, and and you saw that before Auburn you know basically hit a barrage of threes and put the game out of reach but Auburn had shot incredibly well in the first half of that game and really continued to shoot well throughout the whole game but Georgia just put a few possessions together where they were able to close the gap and I honestly don't get the sense that anyone's quit on this season i think there's been several opportunities where you could look and say all right you know this is not going their way this this is about to get ugly and, you know, I know that a close that Auburn game wasn't ideal. And they did struggle a good bit on offense in the first half against LSU. But you know, this team is full of fighters. And I think that that speaks to the job Mike White and his staff have done as far as accumulating talent. They got the right guys. Uh, I think they just need maybe another scorer to, to really get them through because that, I feel like that's been the constant when these games have gotten tight, when it's gotten close it's almost like this group can't really decide who is the go-to guy. And you have some empty possessions, you have turnovers, uh, you just have missed opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, I think Mike deserves a lot of credit. I can understand fans who are frustrated with how this has turned and honestly how quickly this has turned. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's done a good job. The program's in a much better place than it was when he stepped in. They're uh, just going to have to figure out. Uh, definitely in year three, how to close in some of these games if they're going to be truly competitive and what, you know, it's a safe bet to say it'll be a deep SEC once again.
2: Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 with us here on ESPN 1067 as we switch to the football side of things, Jordan, when it talks about the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Spring is here, spring practice getting underway around the country, around the SEC. And uh, before we get to that, the Dogs from last year's team have what, 11 guys competing in the NFL Combine coming up?
9: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a busy few days up in Indianapolis, 11 guys. Uh, it's going to be something that's just really interesting to see who stands out. I think that there's really big opportunities for several Georgia players. Brock Bowers, you know, I think he's a top-ten talent, but it's still sort of hard to figure out, you know, when you look at Mox, where exactly he'll go just because of, you know, what teams need and are we really going to put a tight end as our top pick. I kind of feel like my Falcons' Kyle Pitts uh, pick might have really ruined the market a little bit for Brock Bowers there, but – Got other guys too. I mean, Lad McConkey, I think he's very capable of wowing and maybe trying to get in toward the end of the first round or at the very least second round. Another receiver, Marcus Roseme Jack Saint. He did really well down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Uh, a great opportunity for these guys and a lot of interest, you know, just sort of watching how this goes. Uh, George has done a good job in recent years of sending guys to Indianapolis who have really wowed and, and been part of the talk of the conversation. Uh, coming out of the combine, Uh, I would not be surprised if that's the case again.
2: And then when it comes to Georgia this season with Kirby Smart in the 2024 campaign, uh, give us kind of a a schedule breakdown of what spring ball is going to be looking like, when the spring game is, everything we need to know about Georgia in the spring.
9: Definitely. So Georgia actually doesn't start until March 12th. So we got a little bit of time, especially compared to Auburn. I know those guys got underway this week, but
7: Mm -hmm. they'll start on
9: March 12th. They're going to practice Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday for five weeks. And then G-Day is going to be on Saturday, April 13th. Um, So they've still got a little bit of time. I think it's honestly really helpful because Georgia uh, just made a couple of staff hires in the last few days. Uh, Josh Crawford's coming over from Georgia tech. He's going to be the running backs coach replacing Del McGee. I'm sure a name, a lot of Auburn fans remember and and, know well who's going to Georgia state and then a familiar name to Georgia fans, James Coley, who was the wide receivers coach for four years and then left to go to Texas A&M. Um, he is back as a receivers coach. So they get a little bit of time to settle in and, and sort of get up to speed on what's going on. But, uh, yeah, we got a little bit of time left in what I truly consider the off season. Uh, they're going to be back on March twelfth, and I'm sure they're going to hit the ground run.
2: Anything in storyline wise, Jordan, that, I, that you think people need to know—position battles or transfers in, transfers out, newcomers, anybody that will have your—you'll have your eye on—and and fans are going to be wanting to know, and maybe opposing fans should know as well. Coming into spring,
9: it probably starts at receiver because they did a very good job. Not only signing a pair of high school receivers, but they were really busy in the portal getting guys uh, like London Humphreys, like Colby uh, Young from Miami, uh, Michael Jackson the Third from USC. They've really reloaded receiver and uh, losing guys like Lad McConkey and Marcus Roseme Jackstein. I mean that you know you could uh, put out several different variations of what this receiver core looks like, and it's very plausible. So those guys are going to be fighting. And then just some of the general position battles. I mean, cornerback, they lost Kamari Laster, a guy who I think could be a first-round pick. i uh, got several different guys in the mix there, including a true freshman, Ellis Robinson, a five-star, a guy that uh, has already gotten really, really big reviews. Uh, and then I'd probably say running backs They've got seven scholarship running backs coming into this year, and uh, the marquee one is Florida transfer Trevor Yen. Uh, It's going to be very interesting just to see how that cycles out, you know, who sort of separates himself from the others. And again, they got a new running backs coach. So just seeing how he gets to know this group, how this group goes to work, and uh, what we can kind of glean from what they do through the spring, I think it's going to be very helpful by the time we're, you know, really into the full talking season in June and July, uh, trying to get a feel for what this team's going to be
3: jordan hill dogs 247 the new married man my man i gotta ask you i've been married for 18 years very happily and people still ask me this question how's married life treating you
6: it's been great
9: and uh, you know i think that's the first time i've gotten that i've, I've had won't be the last married. yeah well, i'm sure but no it's, it's been great uh, well congratulations blessed. Thank you so much. Yeah, we had a great uh, wedding down in Athens. Nice to to do it. And, uh, where was our invite, man? Yeah, I guess it got lost in the mail. <laughs> oh man, oh, oh, man. We're, snail we're, still,
3: mail. we're
2: still using mail in 2024, man. What are we yeah. doing?
9: Yeah, that was that was my mistake. But, uh, no, did you get married at nervous.
3: Sanford Stadium?
9: You know, couldn't swing that one. I called Kirby about it, and yeah, uh, uh, I guess his I guess his uh, voicemail wasn't set up. It, it, it never I'm sure
3: through. he got you a gift though, so that's all good.
9: Yeah, yeah, he'll have the gift of uh, giving me a glare when I
2: ask
9: to- <laughs> <laughs> a couple, couple weeks. I'm
2: sure that's what's coming. Love it. Well, hey, man, in all seriousness, congratulations to you. That's exciting time, and, and uh, I know it's, it's going to be a happy time for you, and I know it's right back to work with everything you're doing at Dogs247. Let everybody know where they can find you, everything you're doing, and uh, what you're going to be doing in the next few weeks.
9: Definitely. Dogs247.com on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill on Twitter at Dogs247. And that's kind of the calm before the storm, you know, working on positional previews to get everybody uh, in the know about what's coming for Georgia before spring practice starts. Still got men's basketball. We'll be going uh, to those games, including that uh, regular season finale at Auburn. Really excited to be back in town for that one. And, uh, yeah, NFL Combine stuff. and uh, I'm sure there will be maybe some recruiting news along the way. Uh, definitely not a uh, dull moment this time of year getting ready for the start of spring Bowl.
2: Yeah, I-, I was just about to ask you, actually, if you were going to be in town when Georgia comes to town. So that's uh, that's great news. And, man, we, uh, yeah. we got to get together when you get in town for that weekend.
9: Absolutely. Got to make it happen. All
2: right, man. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next week, all right? Sounds great. That's Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 man what a guy married yeah. man now you can see you can hear it in his voice Uncle Yeah T-box. can't you married man married man rides around in a minivan <laughs> my man Jordan
3: Hill he'll be in town Saturday, March the 9th, for the season finale when Georgia comes to Neville Arena, 6 30. We may all have to get together in
2: downtown for some mm. uh, some uh, pregame cold snacks. What do you think? I, I like a good ice water every now and then. 334 321 1390. That's the number to get you through to us. We'll talk a little spring football as Auburn opened that up yesterday. And then hour number 2 we'll roll along and we'll talk all things basketball, results from last night, and the game coming up tonight. Give us a call. We want to hear from you our number one concludes on the other side
1: you are on the line on espn 1067 call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502
2: Wrapping up hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Appreciate you being with us here on ESPN. 1067. Got a couple of minutes before we get out of hour number one. We appreciate Jordan Hill of Dogs two four seven being with us. Back with us after taking a week off of you uh, of have the married life. We will uh, be he'll be with us every week now for the foreseeable future. We'll get into spring ball more basketball. He'll be in town. Uh, what is that? Two weeks from Saturday is that or next week from Saturday? I can't remember. I, all my dates are all running together. But um, we appreciate yeah, him. A week from this Saturday. A week from this Saturday. That's right. Well, it, it, because I was looking at the women's schedule, and this weekend's the final game for the regular right. season for them, and then you've got another week for the men's game. So The yeah. SEC
3: tournament for the women are usually a week ahead of the men.
2: Yeah, and I was told, and I did not relate these two dates together, um, we were talking about Auburn baseball earlier when they opened up their SEC play at Vanderbilt. That's the exact same weekend that the SEC tournament takes place in Nashville. How about them apples for basketball? Auburn fans just migrate up there and take over the city again. Just go ahead. I mean, I'm sure hotels are already booked, but find a hotel, find an Airbnb, VRBO, whatever. Find something and get up there and take a few days off of work and just go hang out for a few days in Nashville. Wish we could. I've never but
3: been to the uh, SEC basketball. It's a lot
2: tournament. of fun, man. It's a, I've been I've been a couple of times. It's a lot of fun. It, it really, really is. You know, they've got games. You know, it starts on that Wednesday night on the dreaded Wednesday night. And the first four teams play that night, and then you've got four games Thursday, four games Friday, semi Saturday, championship on Sunday. And man, those Thursday Fridays are just so much fun. They really, yeah. really are. They do them in two sessions. And so. Tournament basketball is a different animal. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it just means something. It, I can it just remember means more. growing
3: up in a. Uh, Every year they would rotate between Coleman Coliseum and old Beard-Eaves Coliseum the high school basketball playoffs and yeah. there would be eight teams in each classification so 48 teams would be there cuz there's class 1A through 6A. Mm-hmm. And we would uh, <clears throat> skip school and go over there and watch basketball all week.
2: Yeah. Well that's going and, on and it's right just now. just amazing. That's going on right now up in Birmingham at the BJCC. With the uh, with the final four and the Auburn High girls actually play their final four game uh, tomorrow morning uh, at nine a.m. and so and and while we're on that subject, uh, we're going to have that broadcast for you over on ninety six three Lee, the Auburn High girls. Um, unfortunately, it will not be our voice of mm-hmm. Auburn High Basketball, Jack Hutton. Um, he is unable to call it due to uh, the AHSCA rules. They have taken that and decided they wanted to call that game, and that's how that's going to go. We will air it. Um, it will be on six three W. Lee tomorrow at 9 a.m., but uh, not allowing Jack to call the game, but we're still going to have the broadcast for Auburn High School girls basketball final four tomorrow. So be sure that you check that out up in Birmingham at the BJCC. What time is that? 9 a.m. Okay. Yep, they will go live at 9 a.m. Uh, well, let's tomorrow go, morning. baby
3: Tigers. Let's bring one home to That's the right. Plains.
2: That's right. And so, yep, we'll have that for you tomorrow. Um, yeah, the SEC basketball tournament, you you got to find a time to go up there for that. And you go up, and like I said, that Thursday, Friday, man, you just sit and watch basketball all day. And they do the game one, game two. They clear the arena out. That's session one. And then you go back in for session two for the night games. And then you do it again on Friday. It's awesome. I uh, Conference... This is a hot take. It's a hot take, but I'm going to give it anyway. Because it's true. I believe this. I enjoy Conference Championship Week more than I do the NCAA tournament from start to finish.
3: The last couple of weeks of the NCAA tournament after the Sweet 16 games kind of gets a little slow.
2: Well it just it's so drawn out. Because it's so spaced out. Yeah, those first four days, the first four yeah. days of the tournament it's, are awesome. I wanna say
3: that for me now at my age, I had a top five of events and sports that I always, you know, thought were can't miss. The mm-hmm. Masters, the Iron Bowl, the Super Bowl. You know, Daytona at one time was that for me. That was just an all. It used with Earnhardt and Gordon. That used to just be amazing. Must yeah. see television. The World Series. Yeah. And then the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. I think it's number one for me now.
2: Really? I okay.
3: can't. I will sit and cheer and go between TVs at my house and have my kids watching teams they've never even heard of and them cheering. It's just super exciting. Yeah,
2: it is. It is. And and look, I think I I love conference championship week. When they start on Tuesday, Wednesday, right. you've got all the mid-majors, you've got teams yeah. fighting for tournament bids, yeah. and then you've got the big boys that get going. Yeah. I love you, and it, And you man. wake
3: up to these amazing highlights where somebody hit a late shot to to punch the ticket yep. and it all culminates with one of the greatest shows of all time the selection tur- uh, show for the tournament which yeah it's just can't miss television also
2: yeah and we'll have our full breakdown of that when we get to that point but hey hour number one it's in the books coming up in hour number two we'll start with football talk a little spring ball as Auburn got into the pads yesterday and then it's all Auburn basketball taking on Tennessee give us a call 334-321-1390 hour number two coming up as we get into hour number two here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Alongside me in the studio is Uncle T-Bone. If you missed any of the first hour, had tons of great phone calls, also had our good friend Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, our weekly Wednesday guest, was with us in the first hour as well, caught us up on all things Georgia athletics, and especially football and basketball. So if you missed any of that, you can catch up with the podcast at ESPNAU.com. And... You can also just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Here's what's coming up in hour number two. We're going to talk a little football as Auburn started the spring yesterday. Nothing crazy to talk about, but just getting a little excitement generated here as Hugh Freeze will have his opening spring press conference tomorrow at twelve thirty. I will uh, be in. I will be in in attendance for that. And we'll have all that broken down for you tomorrow uh, with some great guests on the show as well. And then the rest of this hour, it's basketball. Huge game tonight in Knoxville, Tennessee. Auburn and Tennessee, the Tigers and the Vols. Once again, we want to get your thoughts all hour long on the game tonight. Your thoughts, picks, and predictions. Three three four three two one. Thirteen ninety, Uncle T Bone. Auburn was back on the football field yesterday, and I think the biggest story was the videos and images of Cam Coleman, who looked like a grown man on the field yesterday. Boy, he is ripped. I'm telling you, he is one specimen
3: and uh, the type player. I said when Perry Thompson signed with Auburn that that was going to be the equivalent for the Tigers that Julio Jones was. In Nick Saban's second recruiting class down there for the same area in Mobile. And, uh, and Perry Thompson is, uh, he's legit. You know, I don't think it's, it's much of an overstatement to say, uh, potential wise, he has as much as Julio Jones or as anybody else ever to come out of the state of Alabama as a wide receiver. But then I saw the video of Cam Coleman yesterday and pictures of him, and I said, hmm, uh, is that our A.J. Brown? Is is that our D.J. Metcalf? Is that – there was an old wide receiver that Auburn signed back in 1999, a little before your time. I don't know if you remember him. His name was DeAndre Green. Mm-hmm. And he w- could have been special. He had some issues and had some off-the-field issues, was a beast of a wide receiver. And that's what immediately what stood out to me was what Cam Coleman looked like that to me. I mean, he's big. He's muscular, he's physical, he's he's quick, he's in an open field. You saw it in the uh in the in the state championship game. When he hit the corner, he's gone. And uh he's a grown man. Yeah. And and that's what it's gonna take recruiting wise out of high school consistently for years to get that type of talent across the board at every position for Auburn to get back into the national championship hunt. And that's just the bottom line. That's how Alabama did it. That's how Georgia does it. That's how Clemson did it. And, yeah, you can supplement. You can get some people out of the portal. You know, you don't want to just ignore the portal. You don't want to go like Dabo Sweeney and hate on it for a couple of years and, 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 and get beat because you wouldn't participate in it. Now he's definitely uh, back in the NIL good graces in portal at Clemson. But you can't make a living. You cannot make a living out of the portal. No. And those, Teams have proven that. And, and I think you're going to see Ole Miss fail at it. And if you're not going out and getting top-notch high school talent, even in this age of the portal and transfers and people can leave anytime, you're consistently not going to be – in the National Championship Playoffs.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. You've got to continue the the run and the, the trail of high school players, the constant no of high school players, and knowing that you've got those guys coming in. And then once they get here, yeah, you got to keep fight to keep them here, but you got to get them here first. Well,
3: this, this is what Hugh Freeze is telling pretty much anybody who will listen, even if he's not saying it. If you're not a top-notch high school recruiter, need not apply on this staff. Look at what he's done and overhauled his staff in one year in the Charles Kellys of the world, uh, maintaining Josh Aldridge. Uh, Jeremy Garrett, defensive line coach, goes to Jacksonville. They bump up the number two Jeremy Garrett because he has so good coach. So many high school recruits love him. Mm-hmm. Bringing in Kenyatta Watson from Atlanta, don't tell me, and I don't know if we've had a chance to talk about this, Tigers get a big-time commitment and defensive back for the 2025 class. Earlier in the week, Devin Williams, four-star DB from Buford, Georgia, a place where Auburn has been almost shut out.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I talked about him a little bit on Tuesday.
3: And so Kenyatta Watson, Will Redmond, the guy that they're bringing in from Mississippi that's the equivalent to Kenyatta Watson, it's all about getting top-notch talent and if you don't have it across the board you're not going to compete
2: let's get to the phone lines 334-321-1390 anthony you're on the line with jacob and uncle Tebow. hey guys how's it going going good man what's on your mind
5: been around a little bit longer than you guys uh, I, I can tell you um i talked to a defensive back uh, that played at Auburn in the early '70s by the name of Ricky Freeman. Okay, and uh, his dad was on that championship team. I guess Auburn first championship team. I think his name was Bobby Freeman. I want to say Bobby, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, he he told me, and and I'm a true believer because uh, I'm I'm a big high school uh, local right here in Oklahoma like and Auburn area, and he told me that uh, uh, Ken Burnage, I think, that played at Auburn. Uh, back in the 70s, back when that punt, Bama punt, thing, mm-hmm. uh, that um, it was guys, man, local. Like, Auburn wasn't even recruiting guys from Opelika. And, and Opelika's always been known for speed. Uh, I had a cousin that ended up going to Troy State named Greg Knight. And it, it wasn't nothing uh, that could touch him uh, from Opelika. I went down and watched it in 1977. Uh, on, that then it was the north and the south. Yeah, high school game in Tuscaloosa with Tony Nathan and uh, Major Ogilvy. and uh, but but uh, I I think they can you can put a team together, man, with just this local talent. I've never understood it when I was young why Auburn would go like to pyro Georgia or Florida, you know. And I know it was good guys like Missy Jackson that went on to Auburn, but uh, uh like I said, man, Cam Coleman, uh, its sense just just they just recruit they just put out. Yeah, and and, you know, and uh, like I said, this whole area—you can build a team, and what all it costs you is gas. No plane ticket or nothing. Right. But I enjoy y'all's show, man. Y'all take care.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much, Anthony. We appreciate the call, and I'm with him. I'm absolutely with him. Think about it from this perspective. Think about it on the talent and the schools that are around this area: Auburn High School, Opelika High, Mm -hmm. Central Phoenix City—a place that Auburn just hasn't even touched in years, hasn't been able to touch because there's been a direct line from Central to Tuscaloosa. But a school like Auburn, a program like Auburn football has to secure the high schools around them. The same way Alabama does with Tuscaloosa County, all those schools there, yeah, they get the best talent in the area. The same way on a much bigger scale that LSU has done with the state of Louisiana, You've got to get the hometown kids. And Anthony's right, man. This 40-mile radius around Auburn, Opelika, 50-mile radius, getting into Montgomery, there's Mm -hmm. some serious talent here. And the state of Alabama's top five in the country in high school talent, and some of the best players in the country are right here locally, and he's right. Hugh Freeze and Auburn have to, and I think they have so far, they've got to take advantage of that. There's a guy or two. Every single year,
3: maybe not completely uh, local like we're talking about, but in the state of Alabama, who's a three-star, that neither Alabama or Georgia are recruiting, there's a couple of guys like that every single year. And I've always thought instead of them going to Georgia Tech or Mississippi State, Auburn should take them and almost almost market it like – You know, the guys who weren't good enough, the the chip-on-the-shoulder guy. And in the past, in a lot of ways, Gus Malzahn had to settle for groups of those guys. And um, I don't think that you can just necessarily in today's college football world recruit the I-85 corridor from LaGrange to Montgomery and that's all you're going to do. But you better lock it down. And uh, you can't allow for anybody not only to get out of here, you have to start recruiting these guys locally very early, like they did the Altry kid from Opelika, the defensive lineman, who's already shot up a star. Yeah. And he's been committed to Auburn for a long time. And, and in sales and in life and in football recruiting,
2: the uh, if you're first in – you got the best shot. Yeah, you're right about that. You're absolutely right. And Auburn should be doing that with all of the local schools. I think they are the now. and I think they are. Yeah. They're I doing think a better job for look, sure. Look,
3: they gotta recruit Mobile. You got oh, yeah. to recruit Mobile. You got to recruit Atlanta,
2: right? Well the problem But in between was...
3: in between there, there's a ton of talent.
2: The problem was, though, all of these schools, when it was Brian Harson that was here, had no idea who Auburn was, had no idea who Brian Harson was. There's he horror had, stories. Oh, it's terrible. There's it, horror it, stories. Well, we could go on for hours. But I want to get to the phone lines a couple of times. Got one now. We'll get to the other one after the break. Ed, you're on the line, man. What's up?
0: Uh, hey, uh, Jack, how are y'all doing today? Doing what? good, uh, Ed. Uh, good uh, to hear from uh, you, man. Good morning. Hey, buddy. Yeah, good to hear from y'all. I'm just going to follow up on Anthony. Lord knows I probably know Anthony. I I went to uh, I ran track with Greg Knight, the one guy he was talking about from Opelika. Okay. He was a a sprinter and I actually watched Greg Knight outrun Willie Smith who was a two-time gold Olympic medalist.
3: How about that? That's
0: incredible. Yeah, and uh, but Rick Freeman, yeah, he's a good friend too, and uh, Rick's You know, he he went to Auburn, and his brother, they both played high school football. They're both really good. Uh, I think both of them played DB. I know Rick did. But, uh, you you know, he he still keeps in real close contact with the people. And, you know, if he tells you something, you pretty well – his dad, who's talking about his dad, his dad's also longtime mayor of Auburn. Mm -hmm. But but as far as, like, the local talent – uh, I agree, you know, and, and Harson, goodness gracious, he just didn't. He, I don't know. I, I, it's just kind of baffling. But, uh, you know, he, he didn't even try. Right. But but as far as letting talent go, I was reading the other day. Have y'all been keeping up with the. Y'all, I know you remember Philip Rivers, that mm-hmm. Auburn, he kind of wanted to go to Auburn, and Auburn kind of, you know, Bama didn't want him, Auburn didn't want him. So he went went going to NC State. Have y'all been reading about his son?
2: Yeah, yeah, I have, I have actually. Gunner,
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, his, his son's named Gunner. Gunner, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. he was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean he is, he's going to be something special. Oh, I'm sure he
2: he already is special, <laughs> and he will he, be he sure for sure is. for yeah. a long time. There's no doubt about it.
0: I, 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 I doubt that uh, Hugh Freeze is going to let him get by, but but yeah, I, I'm just going to. Kind of follow up, and uh, i tell you, somebody else is real good friends with Rick, and uh, those people, are, it's one of your sponsors, Clay Cardone. That, oh, that, yeah. You know, both of them are builders. Yes, sir. All right, thank you now.
2: Yep, thanks for the call, Ed. Great to hear from you, man. Been too long. 334-321-1390. Let's get to a break. We got Terry holding on. Let's get to break. We'll get to Terry. Continue talking about this. Work our way into the basketball conversation. Love to get more phone calls. We've had a ton of them today. 334-321-1390. That's the number to get you through to us. We'll get to Terry when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On The Line.
1: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines
2: once again. Been a hot day over on the phones. 334-321-1390. Terry, what's up, man?
10: Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Doing
2: good. Doing good. What uh, What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about?
10: I heard, I heard Ed mention Brian Harson. I just wish everybody forget about that. That T-Bones. That's a very dark time in history. I know I'm guilty of the same thing, but... Arson just didn't care. He really didn't. He just came to Auburn for the zeros.
2: Oh, be you better believe it's it's been a while since I've said that name. It kind of felt weird coming off the tongue, I won't lie.
10: Has anybody been stupid enough to hire him? Nope. Yeah. Okay.
2: And look, I think he'd be stupid to take another job. Auburn's paying him so much money he never has to work again a day in his life.
10: Well, he'll take another job because his ego will let will make him. Well um Cam Coleman, uh I'm to see Perry Thompson get here, but Cam Coleman's a beast. I just, uh, You know, you reminded me of T-Boney or Anthony Mix was who I thought. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think uh, he's faster than Anthony Mix.
10: I think coaches were fighting over him because he was so good. Uh, yeah. He played defensive side, offensive side of the ball.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, look, this guy – and I hate when I do this because I, I, I know that I'm setting myself up for Jabba disappointment. But Cam Coleman's anti-Jabba. He's the man. I mean, he's gonna start day one as a freshman in the SEC at a program like Auburn. I mean, goodness gracious. And look, you know, he's not Nelson. the only one that's coming in that's a freak. You got you mentioned Perry Thompson. The Malcolm Simmons kid from Alex City can fly. And the Bryce Kane kid, I mean, you know, there's several several teams that were trying to recruit him. He's a four star too.
10: Hugh Ray's already brought his more offensive lineman in less than two years, and Auburn's brought in in ten years.
2: There's, Yeah, there's probably some numbers to back that up, Terry.
10: So um, do you, guys, do you guys expect, I do I do expect this to happen, that Hank Brown will overtake Holden Garner because I think Holden Garner will leave and it's automatic if it doesn't happen in the spring.
3: Well, there's the big question that everyone's going to ask from now until the start of the season. It's going to be about quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and are we really going to have a true quarterback battle, like was said by Coach Freeze after the, uh, the debacle in the Music City Bowl when everyone was very disappointed in the play and Hank Brown kind of came in late. And it wasn't garbage time, but, boy, he threw a pretty ball. And so what's it going to look like? You know, uh, my thoughts are this, and I said this last year when I first started being on the air with Jacob and here at the Auburn Network. I've met Hugh Freeze a couple times. I'm not going to claim that I know the man very well personally, but I spent some time with him one time playing some golf, and I can tell you this. That man is going to have competition at every single position 1 through 3 on the depth chart by the by the time his uh, time is done here at Auburn. It, it doesn't matter and Cam Coleman, you know, you're hot stuff, but if you don't get the job done, you're not going to start. So I truly believe if he says there's a quarterback competition, there's a quarterback competition.
10: I sincerely believe this they've they put the pieces around Peyton Thorne to be better than he was. Right. And, and so he, he has no choice now. He better get better because he, they've given him the, the weapons to do it. And in today's society, those yeah. weapons could be in opposite uniform next year.
3: I'm with you on that, man. If you—that's a good way to put that, Terry. If they don't, you know, if he—if he kind of struggles and there's kind of a, a, oh, a lot of questions at quarterback moving forward, you know, and you got you're this stud wide receiver, you're like, man, I could go play with so and so at Texas. Goodbye. You know, there's—I don't think there's any contract signed, but y'all mentioned. Brian Harson and the, and we talked about some recruiting here shortly and, and what Auburn's done since Hugh Freeze has gotten here and the absolute importance that he's putting on recruiting, number one priority, in my opinion, in that program. Next year in recruiting rankings right now, auburnsports.com, nationally, Auburn ranks seventh. Get you some of that. I mean, when's the last time in the last ten – twelve years that Auburn was ranked that high this early before the next year.
10: I don't recall ever being ranked that high. Me either. Even off the national championship year.
4: hmm.
10: I don't mean... and Jack, I y'all were talking about Phillip Rivers and his son. I think Alabama did want Philip Rivers and Auburn wanted to be a tight end. Is that right, my accurate there?
2: I, I think yeah, I think you're I think you're on on to something on that. And look, Phillip Rivers has about eighteen kids, so if you miss out on one, there's about fifty more behind him.
10: Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all take care.
2: Thanks so much, Terry. Great to hear from you. Yeah, one of
3: the uh, one of the schools I believe wanted him to play linebacker or something, and the other one wanted him to play tight end. He ended up going to North Carolina State and playing uh, the pack for, for uh, Norm Chow, and it worked out pretty well for him. So yeah. Funny, funny how things work out when you stick to your passion and you believe about in yourself at the position or whatever your goal is. Philip Rivers from Athens, Alabama, wanted to be a quarterback. And, um, you know, the, the schools here, and, and as mighty and great as both Auburn and Alabama are, didn't think he was going to be a SEC caliber quarterback. The guy's probably a Hall of Famer in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I mean, man, we could go – we could do a whole show on, We could do a whole week. We could do a whole week on – what if Auburn players and, and Auburn Auburn legends and Auburn greats that right. never became a thing? I mean, football, basketball, baseball, I mean, there's so many of them. So many of them. And the other quarterback that I always think of is Russell Wilson. I always think about that one, too. And and there's just so many different ones, but we won't get into that right now. I do want to switch... Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there. I do want to switch gears, however... Because in the next segment, we're going to get to Auburn, Tennessee. We're going to deep dive into that, talk about the Vols and the Tigers tonight up in Knoxville. we got to look at what happened last night around the country in college basketball. Oh, my gosh. There was tyranny, outrage, craziness once again, as there always has been in college basketball this year. You had Vanderbilt embarrass Arkansas. 85-82 inside of, inside of, of, of Arkansas. Eighty-five, eighty-two, yikes! Wasn't a bad. Wasn't you know, Arkansas had kind of gotten
3: it together the last I know. couple of games and I started know. looking like one of these teams that you know they're not going to make the tournament. But boy, boy, I don't want to go up against them the second round in the SEC tournament. And then they let Vandy come into Bud Walton Arena
2: and I push drew them a blank. around. I'm drawing a blank and just on push them their arena, around, name, yeah. Jacob. I mean, Vanderbilt is terrible. Eight and twenty is Vanderbilt's record, folks. And they went to Arkansas and Bud Walton and beat them. Yikes, man. My Arkansas friends are just going through it right now. You look around as well. Texas got a big win on the road at Texas Tech. How about BYU?
3: Texas playing some good basketball right now. That's a team that's probably getting playing their way off the bubble if they continue to do what they're doing. A lot of teams have gone out to Texas Tech and Lubbock, Texas this season and struggled. Ask Kansas about it.
2: Yeah, and how about BYU last night? Speaking of that Kansas team – We've talked about this all season long, right? An un- a ranked team going on the road to an unranked team and losing. How about an unranked team going on the road to a ranked team, a top 10 team, Allen Fieldhouse, top five places to play in college basketball, and BYU in a conference game, remember, goes on the road and takes down Kansas 76-68. to 68.
3: Yeah, BYU's kind of been off and on in the top 25 all season. They're 20-8 and eight right now probably just definitely punched their way into the tournament once and for all with that big win.
2: Probably the biggest game of the night. Well, not probably, the biggest game of the night. John Calipari and God the Cats. Lee. They what? did it again. They did it again, Uncle T-Bone. They went on the road. They fought for 40 minutes. They were possibly down and out beaten. And then all of a sudden, they find a guy and he makes a shot. And the Cats win at 91-89 to over a good Mississippi State team. That was one
3: of the better basketball games I've seen all season, if not one of the best. It had a tournament feel to it. I watched the almost that entire game. Reed Shepard goes crazy for 32. How about freshman Josh Hubbard from How about Mississippi that? State going for 34? Unbelievable. The guy was in fuego from three-point land last night. Tough break for Mississippi State, who had kind of padded that lead in the second half and let that game get away. Um they're probably kicking themselves right now. I think Mississippi State's a team that's in. They didn't have to have that win. Um, that's not like going out on a limb saying that, but boy, that'd probably uh, help their seeding right there.
2: Yeah, and Reed Shepard with the game winner. I mean, the game winner right there at the end to get it to go. And what we thought Mississippi State had done on the other end—twenty-six foot three by Josh Hubbard—buried it with five seconds to play. And then Reed Shepard goes down and does his thing and lays it in at the buzzer. Ball game.
3: Yeah, I mean, that was a heck of a shot. Uh, Got to the middle right there and just drains it. Uh, He's incredible. And uh, that really turned into like a two-man duel. Uh, Kentucky just had a little bit more help for Reed Shepard in that game, especially defensively than Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State got a little tired there late. And they just could not quite drop the knockout But Like I said, that was turny. That was turny. Like that was like a Sweet 16 game last night.
2: Yeah, it was. And then another big result that doesn't have a ton of impact: Indiana, out of all teams, went and beat Wisconsin at home in a game where the fire alarms went off. They evacuated the whole building and then brought them well, back. Were they in playing in and- Coleman Coliseum?
3: Ooh, that's
2: what it sounded like to me. We'll talk about Auburn and Tennessee and Thompson Bowling Arena. That game is tonight. We'll talk about that coming up next.
1: You are on the line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes
2: here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line as some dark gray clouds starting to roll in outside. So, uh, everybody, if you're out and about, stay safe and stay dry. Um, And we appreciate you being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Another phone call, man. Let's get to that. It's been a lot of fun today. 334-321-1390. Spectre, what's up, man?
7: Well, fellas, it's crunch time.
2: It is crunch time. You're right about that.
7: Yep. Listen, um... You know, hopefully Tennessee is looking ahead of their next three games and uh, give us give us an edge there. But uh, you know, if if we can get in there and control Santiago, I think we'll have a good chance of winning that game. Mm -hmm. We just got to control his tempo and make got to get in his face with those three pointers. Ain't no lie about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, we we can't allow Auburn cannot allow Tennessee to to have wide-open shots because, look, they're a top-ten team. They're good enough. They'll knock them down. Guys like Connect and, and Vascovy, yeah, they will. They'll knock them down whether you're there or not.
7: Well, if you want to be a champion, you got to think like a champion and you got to play like one. Mm-hmm. So the guys have got to do it, and uh, hopefully we'll get that rotation I'm looking for. Uh, TJ will probably start the game, but if the tempo's not there, we need to put Jones in there and run down the field with it. Mm-hmm. I run down the
2: court, run down the field. <laughs> same but thing.
7: It, yeah. Anyway, um, you know, um, you was talking about uh, the drive not being on today.
2: Yeah, I need. Yeah, we were going to make an announcement about that today. That the uh, uh, the drive, yeah, with Bill and Dan, uh, they will not be on today. Bill is is tied up with some with some uh, some other obligations, unfortunately, and then Dan is out of town for Troy women's basketball. So no drive today uh, here on ESPN. Okay.
7: Well, okay. Well we're looking forward to the game then. Yep. And uh, again we refuse to lose. Refuse That's the motto right now. That's right, That's refuse right, to Spencer. lose. All right, gentlemen see you later yep
2: thanks so much man always great to hear from you it just got dark in the studio man (laughs) like we normally don't keep the lights on in here and uh, those clouds are rolling over right now and it's it's been windy all day outside but yeah if you you
3: all those people going to get your kids out of school right now or get them from the bus just uh be careful it looks like it just took a turn for the worst weather wise outside i know you're not tuning in to uh, wsfa weather here but it it really we're gonna have to give you a quick update that, uh, yeah. that's uh kind of dark clouds out there and the kind that normally have me looking to run towards the interior of the house I'm yeah saying
2: yeah well i always say don't uh, don't use me as your weather man but i can i can i am on the radio and i do get paid to describe what's happening so uh yeah stay safe if you're out there in the auburn opelika area but tonight Auburn and Tennessee yeah. in Knoxville, Thompson Bowling Arena. Many people think Uncle T Bone. This game is for the SEC regular season championship. Before we talk about the game, do you think the winner tonight will win the SEC regular season championship? Yes. Why? Well, uh woo, boy, that's a great question right there. Uh, I, Not me, to put you on the spot or anything.
3: I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's 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 one of these two teams are Alabama, okay. And if Tennessee wins tonight, they have a massive opportunity to just go ahead and take care of business once and for all in the regular season when they go to Tuscaloosa this weekend, Saturday, and uh, take, take control of uh, the conference. Auburn wins tonight. Their schedule just sets up beautifully for them to win the last three after this game. And uh, by doing so, they're, they're definitely going to win the SEC championship. I feel like that these two teams have proven all year to be the best teams in the league overall. Auburn would also be getting Jalen Williams back pretty soon.
2: I don't think he plays tonight. He is going to be traveling and in attendance, so it is a game-time decision, questionable whether he plays or not.
3: You know, Kentucky uh, is making a late run. They're just a little too far back. That's a team that I think people should keep an eye out for in the NCAA tournament. They just really have a lot of weapons and a ton of talent, and Calipari's not afraid of the moment. Mm-hmm. Although they struggled in the, in, the, uh, in the tournament for a few years now, it's about time for them to finally make a run. Alabama's a good team. Now, you cannot discount them. I am interested to see how they bounce back tonight. At Ole Miss, I believe, uh, the Rebels, this is it for them. I think they're done, but they still might prove me wrong. Uh, Nate Oates has done a fantastic job, though, this season after Alabama gets beat down pretty bad, rallying his team the next game and making a statement. But I just kind of feel like that Tennessee and Auburn are the best teams overall in the league, just barely from their resume, from their rosters. Uh, big advantage, Tennessee catching Auburn at home. Their schedule, though, is a disadvantage moving forward, being weaker than Auburn's. But th- those are the best teams in the league.
2: Yeah, and you said it right there: the fact that Auburn has a much easier schedule down the stretch than Alabama or Tennessee—that is a huge advantage. And I think that's why tonight's winner, if in, in more importantly, if it's Auburn, they will win the SEC because there's a good chance that even if Tennessee wins tonight. They're going to lose at Alabama on Saturday. I mean, not many teams go into Tuscaloosa and win. And it's just a tough schedule, man. It's a tough stretch with Alabama still having to play Florida. And, and Auburn doesn't have to mess with any of that. They play Missouri, Mississippi State, and Georgia. Like, that's not bad at all for what Auburn has to do mm-hmm. down the stretch. And those should all be wins, I think. Mississippi State at home, at Missouri, the worst team in the SEC, winless in conference play. And then you come home for Georgia, like those should all be wins. So you should treat tonight's game like Mm -hmm. it is the SEC regular season championship game. I know that doesn't technically exist, but that's how Auburn needs to treat this tonight. I don't think Jalen Williams plays. I don't think he should play. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this, we're in agreement on this. I don't think he should play. Even with a championship on the line tonight, this is not worth more than what a SEC tournament championship could be or what, most importantly, an NCAA championship could be. And you have to have Jalen Williams in those games if you want to win a national championship.
3: And no matter who's playing, Jacob, whether Williams is playing or not, or if you even just wanted to rest somebody to get right for the SEC tournament, I, you know, Bruce do can do what he, whatever he wants to do. I mean, it's like Butch Thompson. Nobody's worried about what they're doing with their job. We just talk about it things from time to time that we may do differently, but in Bruce we trust, right? So he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to sit down to everybody and just say, we're waiting for the NCAA tournament, fine coach by me. He's not going to do that. Right. But uh, whoever plays, you, you make an interesting point. I think it's time to start treating every game, no matter who's playing on your roster at the moment and no matter who you're playing as a tournament game. Like, if, if, you play, uh, if you play Missouri and, and they beat you, it, it's not the end of the world, right? It really isn't. But you ought to act like if they beat us tonight, we just got bounced from the tournament. You know, get your mind right, because it's go time now. March is Friday.
2: Hard hey, to believe. That's exactly not what I was going to say. March is in two days. Tomorrow yeah, is leap I, I day, mean, February 29th, and then March 1 is Friday. And this is the right. month that we talk about all season long for college basketball. You're prepping for March. You're playing for March. You're getting better for March. This is what we talked about earlier in the year,
3: the uh, three-thirds of the season the non-conference schedules, the first third, the conference schedules, the second third, it's winding down. That's the meat of the season, the meat in the sandwich, and then the the, the last third being, uh, being uh, tournament play. Mm-hmm. And it's time to switch another gear, and I think both Kentucky and Mississippi State did that last night.
2: I think so, too. I think so, too. And
3: and so that means it's time, and you're going to see it tonight. I hope that Auburn and Tennessee have done the same thing, especially Auburn. And I think you're going to see these teams that you mentioned earlier, like Dayton, like Creighton, like Marquette, like Houston. They're about to flip a switch, okay? And they're about to get their minds right to try and win a national championship. And that's what I'm looking for tonight. Auburn doesn't win the basketball game, so be it. I don't have any skin in the game on whether or not they cover, although I sure hope they do for Auburn fans who are having fun with it. Either way, you know, it it doesn't matter to me. What I'm looking for right now is that killer instinct, that championship mentality, that refuse to lose. Although Mississippi State lost last night, Josh Hubbard had a refuse to lose mentality. He can carry a team in the tournament. And that's what I'm looking for.
2: Yeah, and that's what Auburn has to show tonight when they're on the road at Tennessee in a hostile environment, a crowd that does not like Auburn, a team that does not like Auburn, and a head coach that does not like Auburn. But it's also a team walking into that building that does not like Tennessee, a team that does not like Tennessee, and a coach that, deep down, probably doesn't like Tennessee anymore because of everything that happened. I think there's a mutual respect, but you get what I'm saying here. right?
3: You know, Uh, I... I, I don't think that – you know, maybe some of that's overspoken. I mean, time – it's been a long time since he's been at Tennessee. Uh, I'm sure he has fond memories of being in Knoxville. I'm sure there's several good fans in Tennessee that have very fond memories of Bruce Pearl being there. But it's always going to be part of it, right? I mean, you know, Nick Saban coached at LSU, and that was always an intense rivalry in football. But I think over time it wasn't quite as personal right. as it was when he first got to Alabama.
2: Auburn and Tennessee tonight. Who has to play, in your opinion, and this can be for our listeners too, 334-321-1390, 3, 3, 3, who has to play Who for Auburn? Who has to play well tonight? Who cannot afford a bad game, and kind of what rotations are we looking for here? Because it is sort of up in the air if Jalen Williams does or doesn't play, and maybe it's something similar that we saw against Georgia, and Spectre kind of brought that up, and I'll go ahead and give you mine. I think it's the exact same starting five. I think you start the exact same five, and I think you give the ball to Chad Baker-Mazzara, who showed he wants to be an alpha, who showed and said, I have the opportunity, finally, I've got the chance, give me the ball, and get out of the way. And I want him to do that again tonight. I don't want him to force it. I don't want him to take bad shots because Tennessee will give him bad shots. And if he's not making them, then we're in trouble. But I want him and I want Chaney Johnson to be alphas. And if they can do that, along with the guard play with lack of turnovers and good shooting and good playmaking, Auburn's going to have a chance to win this game tonight, Uncle t
3: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Look, is is anybody in the in the conference, done a better job really on the road than Auburn this season with the record? No. Now, look, now look there's there's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's stats, okay? Be, against bad teams, Auburn's easily taking care of business. And against good teams, uh, like Florida, they've had some weird moments. Now, they did lose to Mississippi State and Alabama, both tournament teams, and they barely lost those games and, and admittedly did not play well in those games. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know what – I can't look at – well, I can't say Auburn struggles against good teams in the SEC on the road. They, Auburn has struggled with itself on the road two, two times in losses against good teams. And the other time, they really struggled with Florida. They just didn't know showed that game, okay? But that's basketball. It's a long season. Stuff happens. So um, I still have – you know, I'm going to have to take the break here. I'm going to have to take a break before I, I can really get break down how I think this game goes. But I'm going to give you a name that John gave us earlier, I believe, our caller John, one of our better callers. Thank you for calling in, buddy. I'm with you. I think Denver Jones is your X factor tonight. I'm going with DJ. He's got to play some hardcore defense. He's got to limit whoever he's guarding for Tennessee on the three-point shot. And he's got to knock back some critical three-pointers for us in this game. It's time. I'm not saying he's been asleep. He's just kind of gone about his business. I'm ready to see him explode tonight.
2: Tennessee has five road wins this season Auburn and Alabama each have four those are all in conference play Auburn could get their fifth tonight Tennessee could get their sixth this weekend against Alabama and Auburn has a pretty good chance to get another one on the road at Missouri so out of the top three teams Auburn's right there when it comes to winning games on the road in this conference let's take our final break final picks and predictions Auburn and Tennessee coming up tonight a game that we believe is for the SEC we'll give you our final picks and predictions as we wrap up the show on the other side here Winding down here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone. Auburn in Tennessee tonight, 6 p.m. Opening tip. You can catch the radio broadcast here locally on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Uh, what channel television is that game ESPN on tonight? ESPN2. Okay. Well, we would prefer you listen to it on the radio. With Andy Burcham on the Auburn Sports Network on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Got a couple of minutes. Your final picks and predictions, Uncle T Bone, for Auburn and Tennessee. Your final kind of words of of uh, affirmation here. Maybe it's defamation. I don't know. Maybe you're not feeling too great about the game tonight. We got people who are relying on your pick, so that way they can <laughs> fade it. So and go away from what you say. I'm like since the reverse
3: you... Ace Ross <laughs> from Casino, where That's he comes right. in and. They, not, they, they move the line after he places a wager and people run out to the uh, phone booth and call all their local <laughs> men around the country to tell them what's going on. Look, I think tonight's going to be a war. And uh, I believe that Auburn has the capabilities of making a deep run in the NCAA tournament along with Tennessee. Both of these teams are going to uh, flip a switch and start moving toward, more towards taking uh, every game as serious as a tournament game, one and done. And uh, I think you saw that from Kentucky and Mississippi State last night, and I think you'll see it from Auburn and Tennessee tonight. I think the Tigers take care of business. I know, uh, you know, I don't. I, they're not going to blow Tennessee out, and I do think that the first team to seventy-five wins the game, like you said. And, uh, give me them Tigers, uh, eighty-two to eighty, Jacob.
2: Man, everybody just cringed. Somebody just wrecked their car. Everybody just got upset because Uncle T-Bone picked Auburn to win the game. Look, I think Auburn has every opportunity to win this game tonight. I think Auburn can win it without Jalen Williams. They showed you they can win on the road without him once. Yes, Tennessee is a much better team than Georgia. uh, But I think Auburn, I think Aiden Holloway is your X-Factor tonight. I really do. I think if Aiden Holloway continues playing the way that he played against Georgia, if he comes in this thing and knocks down five threes, it's on. I mean, it's going to be on tonight. And I want to see the offense run through Chad Baker-Mazar. I think he showed you he can be that guy. He wants to be the man, and I think he can be. But again, if he's not hitting shots, we got to find somewhere else to go. And I think Chaney Johnson could be that. Jani Broome's got to get his. Denver Jones needs to knock down a couple threes. Dylan Cardwell's going to have to grab some boards. Maybe not necessarily knock down a three from from Dylan Cardwell, but you're going to have to get elite play. Limit your turnovers, and look... Yeah. Let's rush Tennessee a little bit. Let's get up and down the floor on Tennessee. I know Dalton Connect wants to play, and Auburn's going to have to find a way to slow him down in a combination group effort defensively. From Denver Jones, KD Johnson, Trey Donaldson, I think those guys are are going to have to stick to him like glue. And I think Tennessee's going to find ways if Aiden Holloway's in the game, they're going to switch connect onto him and try to take him to the back to the basket. But Auburn's got Trees down low. If you get blown by Aiden, that's okay. You've got Jani Broom down there to help you out. Yeah. Auburn's got to close out on shooters, limit offensive rebounds, and push the basketball.
3: I kind of saw a look in Bruce Pearl's eye at the Georgia game this past weekend, just watching on TV, and they'd scan over to him. And he kind of had a I'm ready to fight look in his eye, like. It's time for us to get physical, and that's what Auburn did against Georgia. They got got physical.
9: Mm -hmm.
3: And when Auburn is a tough, rebounding, harassing defense-type team, uh, they get in transition, which you know what I like to say about that. It's his bread and butter. That's right. And I think that's part of Auburn wanting to run. But when they get into that mode where, all right, y'all want to dance tonight? Let's dance. They're hard to beat. You know, I think it's a more of a mental thing. They're physically there; they have the capability. They got the players. Yeah, they got the the five stars. They got the the team makeup. It's it's a mental thing, and I think it. I think they flipped the switch at Georgia. I really feel like that. And uh, the only concern I have tonight, really, for well, there's a lot of concerns. My main concern, though, is if they get in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. We're one man down. I don't think Jalen Williams is playing, and I don't think he should. So you know, if Tennessee gets us in foul trouble that could cause some problems for Auburn tonight. But I, I like our chances up there. That's a, that's a place where Bruce Pearl is very familiar with. He's had a lot of success there. Auburn's had some success there. And I don't think that we're going to uh, not be up for the moment.
2: Well, Georgia got Auburn in foul trouble, but the Tigers were able to kind of weave their way out of it right? and slow down on the fouls. But I think to what you're saying, I think you want Auburn to play a little cocky tonight in yeah. a good way. And there are some people that confuse confident and cocky and not a lot of people that like arrogant playing and arrogant people. But when you can back it up with success and results, you can play that way. And some teams need that to get them going on the road against a rival like Tennessee. I think Auburn wins tonight. I like it. I think Auburn wins. I'm taking the Tigers 78-75. Chad Baker-Mazar is going to have over 20. Janai will have 18, and Aiden's gonna have three or four made threes, and the Tigers are gonna win by three tonight in Thompson Bowling. I
3: like it, my man. Look, uh, I hope they're cocky. I hope they're arrogant. I hope they're ready to fight. And they, and when they are, they're not ready. They will not back down. Just when you make a big shot. Don't sit there and
2: flex too long. Get back and play a little defense. That's all I got, folks. That's right. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow. I will. He'll be back on Friday, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. No drive today, so we'll all be back tomorrow right here on ESPN 106.7. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.